everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Two Kids on the Block. I'm your co-host, Benjamin Wong, joined by... Camille Lafontaine, or the CryptoCoin Kid. So on this episode, really excited. Someone I met at VCon and also the internet, both. And I'm really excited to have him on the show. He has such a cool story. And he's actually, at this point, one of the largest owners of VFriends, I think. Welcome to the show, Tech Kim. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing really awesome. How about yourself? Good, good. So let's kind of start here with what you were doing before you even heard about NFTs. So what was your life then? What type of person were you? Who are you? Tell me about your story. Wow. Uh, that's a that's a long one. But um, I think I can start off by just I came to the United States when I was 10 years old, uh, 1998. And uh, my parents and my brother came here. And we lived in Massachusetts our whole life. Um, and we... Uh, our family was in a restaurant business my whole entire life. Um, so my parents owned a breakfast and lunch restaurant in New Hampshire. Um, and so my teenage years, I was working in restaurants my whole life. Uh, anytime there's summer break or Saturdays, we were definitely working at the restaurant. And um, I went to UNH, graduated there, and then I went into a family business with my parents bought a restaurant in a little town called Maynard. Uh, I owned that restaurant for about 10 years. And then uh, I bought another restaurant in Arlington. It's called Trist, T-R-Y-S-T. And uh, I've been running that for the past six years. And now I'm 34 and got into investing a little bit due to COVID because uh, yeah. I was just basically working my whole life. And all of a sudden COVID hit and you're like, oh, what am I going to do with my time? <laughs> kind of made sense that I wasn't into investing, yeah. and I just discovered investing at that time. And and then fast forward a year or two later, and I'm into VF2s. Uh, I'm sorry, VFriends. Tell me about that that shift that happened during COVID. First of all, I know a lot of restaurants and small businesses didn't survive during COVID. What was your experience like with that? A uh, little tough, but, you know, for me, I'm always the opportunist and a positive person. Uh, I decided uh, to pivot immediately to delivery and takeout uh, with uh, just a core of my staff, a manager and, and one of my chefs. And when I was literally just making two, three, four dishes a day, like in the beginning of covid because, you know, you didn't really have that volume. But uh, we stayed true and we survived because we just decided to do whatever we can to survive. So um, uh, we didn't do like Grubhub or DoorDash or anything like that because they take like 30 to 40 percent of your gross sales. So I was like, well, might as well get to really know my neighborhood and and deliver yeah. all the food to my neighbors. So I delivered and cooked and took food orders just to survive for a couple of months. Wow. So on a personal standpoint, when you got into investing, was it something that you had past history with? Maybe you took a class on it in college or was this something brand new? And, and first of all, what were you investing in particularly? It was absolutely brand new to me because 
uh, one thing I've just known my whole life is just hard work. And, you know, I never really put my efforts other than just putting my head down and working and grinding every day. And um, just never really had time because I was running at one point two restaurants and my one of my restaurant was open for breakfast, lunch and dinner. So uh, I was working basically as soon as I woke up to to two o'clock in the morning, closing the bar down. So oh, didn't God. really have that extra. Yeah, didn't have that extra time in my 20s to really to study anything other or do anything other than work, social life and, all, and everything else too so um but then covid hit and i had a lot of time to myself and so you had to find some things and i always had you know desire to make uh my life be easier and more successful than just like i always had that drive to be to be successful and i just needed something else to be successful so uh that's when i started to look into investing that that has to be one of the coolest um backstories I've ever heard from anyone NFTs, because you started in the restaurant industry, and most of the people we interview were like they were already into tech, like they already knew about investing, like prior before, like years before. But this was an entirely new subject to you. Would you say that without COVID, you would have never found out about NFTs? Like in a way, there was a small little blessing within this huge um, catastrophe that you that really blessed you with learning about nfts do you think covid without covid you will have never learned about nfts oh 100 uh so you know obviously covid in a macro is a terrible thing but for me i actually haven't even gotten it once as far as i know um and none of my family members uh got sick or got hurt or died or anything that i know um, so for me, it was actually a blessing in the sky because it gave me a lot of different perspective of life because the, again, when you're, when you're just working and you're just worried about the next customer, worried about the next day and who, what your staff issues are and what your food issue is, your inventory and all those everyday rat race type of thing, you literally blink of an eye guys. It's like 10 years later you know so uh time goes by fast and you lose track of things that matter um like i said social life was kind of a kind of a dud too because you know you're just working all the time but uh, i was lucky enough that i met my wife at the restaurant and um i i was not engaged before covid uh, but uh, because covid put uh, slowed me down a little bit i was able to take my time and actually uh, think of ways to propose to my wife, propose to my wife, got married during COVID. And um, so it, in, in that personal aspect of it, it was a blessing. Um, and it definitely gave me a new way of life of not just being in a rat race every day and understanding that, you know, a few days to yourself is very important, that you can find some things that are more important to you than just working every day. And I was able to discover investing, which led me to wanting to listen to more podcasts, which led me to Gary V's content, which led me to him talking in his podcast, you know, be ready on May 5th, 2021. And I was like, 
uh, what the heck is an ETH? And, you know, it t totally brought me down a spiral of, of where I am now. Yeah, it was, I feel like a lot of people can get stuck and you were like, you got stuck in that rat race, that routine, every single day, just working hard and hard. And like, that's, that's a great skill to like be working hard and be able to do that stuff. But you were able to break out of that pattern. And then you start doing many things that you have probably never had time to do if you kept working at your restaurants and you ended up learning about NFTs, you proposed to your wife and like, do you think that you like your life better after COVID or would you have, what do you think would you would be now if COVID never happened at this moment? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you guys, life goes by quick, especially, especially when you are, are passionate about you know, uh, succeeding in your in your business and uh, wanting your family to be well off, and uh, it goes by so quick. So, um, so for me, definitely, COVID was a blessing because it slowed down my life. Um, and we, I used to operate seven days a week, but I cut down to five days a week because I just didn't have the staff. Um, but I kept that going because. It just allowed my staff to also have two days off in a row um, and just give a better quality of life to my staff. And a lot of people don't want to be in the restaurant business anymore is because it is such a hard rat race, stay on your feet, work five, six, seven days that um, I just wanted to give that quality of life to my staff as well. You know, if I wanted it for myself, then why can't I give it to the people that are really important? around me is how I thought. So, you know, like I said, COVID just really definitely made my life a lot better. It's as weird as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, totally. That, that sounds, you know, perfectly fine. Um, and, and so you mentioned how you got into podcasting and listening to podcasts and then you found Gary Vee. So obviously we'll talk about the Vee friends in a second. But before that, would you say that that you changed your leadership style due to Gary Vee's content and how you, well, the fun, yeah, the funny thing is, is again, um, I kind of have a very similar story to Gary Vee. Like he came from Belarus. Family I came business. from Korea, family business. My, my dad's the head poncho and, um, and just work. Like I'm 34 now. So he talks about, at being at 34, he broke out of his uh, family business to do his own thing. And um, but the thing that people, the thing that I really understand with Gary Vee's content is I had the similar experience that he has in his life, where you know those, I, what was it, 21? I, I we I, I had my first restaurant when I was 21, 22, to now I'm 34. So what is that? 12 years, uh, 12, 13 years of experiencing and operating a business every day teaches you all those traits that he's talking about. So for me, it wasn't really learning new traits or understanding something new. For me, it was like validating how I operated uh, as a, yeah. as a uh, business person. And I could really connect with Gary and say, you know what, he's validating who I am as a person because I, I really am nice to my staff to a point where it, it's it's kind of faulty sometimes. 
and like all the kind candor he talks about, those are real life experiences for me. So like I just connect with him in every aspect and I understand what he's saying because I've spent 12, 13 years of and lived that life and that lifestyle and those traits just come to you. I was not a patient person. I've um, in my 20s, I was very eager, very uh yeah, just very eager and wanting to make sure things went well every day that a lot of things didn't go right because I'd get, you know, upset if things didn't go right and, you know, do some things to my staff that that I wasn't proud of. But those are things that you learn in your 10, 12, 13 years of, of hard life yep. that you do need to have patience and you do need to have conviction and all the things that he talks about that just I just love listening to his podcast because it just made me feel like yeah the 12 and 13 years of hardship that i felt i i i share that experience as well yeah and you know being impatient can be like it's a good skill because like you don't wait around to get something done like you want that thing to be done and you just act on it you work hard and you try to get that done because you have the drive you have the you have the urge to get that finished but the other thing that's bad about it is you don't take the time to just think about what else can I do? Do I really want this? And patience is really an important virtue. But in the early stages, being impatient and just working hard, building up a brand, building up um, some money, that's a very important thing. So Ben, what, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. I think it's such an interesting experience because a lot of people I've met or talked to, it's like, oh, I met Gary Vee and they completely changed. But for you, it was the opposite because it was things that you've already learned in your life that he was able to validate, you know, because he's you know, Gary Vee with millions of subscribers <laughs> yeah. sharing those same qualities. That does make a lot of sense. Uh, and it's, it's a really great perspective. Now let's go into May 5th or I know it got delayed quite a bit to like May 23rd or something. What was your experience buying your first V friend? Uh, good. Uh, well, crazy story. I, um, so he, he talked about how you need to have like at least like 0.5 ETH ready to, to, to be relevant in it. And so I thought I was being more prepared. I, I got like eight ETH ready. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I just got into investing and I did get a little bit lucky, big in his luck. And so I was able to make some money off of the stock market. And then I kind of, I, I really you know, believed in Gary and, uh, and all the things that he said. So I was like, okay, let's get it ready. And then, um, so it, so it launched eventually. Um, and like day two of launch, my wife saw the V friends cat logo. So she's like, you need to get the black cat. So she pointed that out. And so I, I figured out the next day at like 5 PM, this, this, I think, I think it was a hologram black cat was going to be available and so i'm getting ready for my dinner shift at the restaurant but like i'm downstairs checking on my computer refreshing just to make sure that you know i can hit the the buy button right away but uh i, I ended up getting out gassed by someone else so i went to go buy the hollow black cat and i missed out by milliseconds oh yeah yeah but so what um, did you end up buying so I wanted to get the gift goat too, uh, but it was like starting at 25 ETH. 
So when he, when Gary said get like 0.5 ETH ready, and then I saw a gift go to 25, I was like, oh, I mean, I, that's out of my league. Um, and then when that black cat fell through, I saw that gift goats were available at 5 ETH. So I said, let's pick one up at 5 ETH. And then I picked up a lava shrewd shark at 3 ETH to wrap up my 8 ETH. Was how close to the bottom did you buy the? Because it was a Dutch auction for everyone listening. Um, it was a Dutch auction, which means the price went down over time. Did what was the lowest the gift coat fell to, or, or was that about that price? Five, five yeah, that yeah. So gift coat was down to five ETH, which was the bottom. Um, and then the lava shoot shark also the bottom was three ETH. So uh, I, I looked for value in each of them. You know, rather than buying things at a high, you're taught to buy low. And I really resonated with the, the Lava Shrewd Shark as, as my personality. Um, and I picked Lava instead of any other spec because just the character of a, of a shark is yeah. you know, very fire and, and, and angry type thing. So um, I saw a value in that and the gift goat being at 25 and that means that Gary viewed uh, gift goat at a very high valuation yet people didn't see that and it dropped down to five. So I thought that was a value yeah. in that. So. so looking back on it now, you've had maybe eight gifts so far with gift code, maybe more than that. Seven. What's been your favorite? What's been your favorite one? I would say physical gift has to be the jacket. Definitely wearing a jacket at VCon and, uh, and also just wearing around Boston, it just just feels good. Uh, and I like the uh, Scotch as well. I'm, I own a couple of I owned a couple of restaurants, so um, having a wooden casket with uh, a yeah. blue label with the logo of Gift Goat on there seems pretty cool. So now you, I met you at VCon um, officially in person. What was right. your What was your favorite highlight of VCon? Highlight of VCon, uh, just meeting all the people. Uh, you've met Sung Woo. Uh, just uh, crazy small world is is I, I. My wife came and Sung Woo's wife came. We just had a good time getting to know each other. Uh, I did his um, running uh, session in the morning twice, yep. and uh, his wife actually went to the same elementary school that I went wow. to in Korea. Like wow. before I came to the United States, the school I went to, she went to the same school. So just making per personal connections and getting to know people that are in the same community, uh, same mindset and kind of a similar value. You know, I'm sure when you get a group of people, there are a lot of different people within the group too. But just in the macro, I just felt like a lot of people shared a lot of similar values and they all seem nice and it just was easy to just say hey are you doing and just start talking about be friends or whatever else so i really enjoyed that the most um as far as like the 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 event itself i really liked um jesse eichler eichler yep uh his talk was just amazing yeah um he also has a lot of similar stories and he says a lot of the same things as far as the values of uh, hustling, but also don't forgetting your your family and what's really important in life. And you know that 
struggle that I've had for 10, 12 years definitely resonated with me. Um, yeah. And my father's a big, big, um, big part of my life. And, and so was it for Jesse. And he got really emotional talking about his dad. And so uh, there were a lot of similarities between me and Jesse as well. So I really enjoyed his talk. And as far as like the performance wise, I really like uh, Whitecliff. I mean, that's just like yeah. old school reggae, and I really like his like his music. So, I I was there at the Jesse is there. It was the, the oh, you, you were. Yeah. Oh, um, it was it was by pure accident because we actually kind of wanted to go to a different one, but we were both. <laughs> so we we had flown in that day at like six a.m. So we were both on an hour of sleep. And so, uh, and mm-hmm. we've just been running around the stadium all day. So we were like so tired to move that we just stayed there and it turned out to be a pretty good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gary, Gary was there talking right before. Yeah. So, and then we were about to go somewhere else. And then Gary's like, you don't want to leave. You want to stay here and listen to Jesse. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And then he, he came out with like some rap music and the DJs back there. And yep. he just was a really good talk uh, performer too. So it was great. It was, yeah, I was, because we were in that same room the entire day. It just happened to be all, all the ones we wanted to see. And so we had pretty good front row seats. And then we saw Gary. And this was, I hadn't seen Gary before yet. And so um, oh, yeah. we saw Gary like sneaking at the side. And it was kind of surreal. It was like, um, yeah. I don't know how you describe it, like a like a museum piece that, that, you, sh- that you shouldn't see. And then you see it, <laughs> something like that. It's like, it was, it, it was very surreal. And it's moving. It's moving too. It was surreal. Like this is the guy that yells at you on your phone, and he's right there. Um, yeah. but let's talk about your VFriend collection and what you're gonna do with it in the future. You have two VFriend ones, forty-eight VFriend mm-hmm. twos. I don't know the exact stat, but I'm sure that's up there in yeah. terms of the top collectors. Um, I'm sure you have a few book games too. What are you planning to do mm-hmm. with them in the future? Add yeah. more. And also, like, what are you like? What's your whole plan for? Are you planning on reselling them for like a profit? Or are you just buying a lot of VFriends V2 to, you know, to have the IP for potentially years and years to come? And just knowing because you just love the brand and you're not really looking to make money. You just want to own these valuable pieces of art on the blockchain just because you just love this brand so much. Or are you planning on selling them, doing something else? What's your, what are you going to do with your VFriends? Good questions. So... My experience from uh, V Friends One, so I bought the gift code and the Baba Shoot Shark. I've watched it go from, you know, from what I bought it from three ETH and five ETH to sixty-five ETH on the gift code and like thirty-five ETH yep. on the Baba Shoot Shark. So that's about a hundred ETH that I could have sold and could have had, you know, four hundred thousand dollars or whatever you with ETH being at four grand. Um, but one of the things I've learned is. I, I'm just too attached to VF1s because I love both characters so much. You know? Um, yeah. Gary said, gift codes are going to be NFT of 2022. How do I? How do you let go of a gift code? How do you let go of Lava Shoot Shark, which has been my profile on all my socials? Um, and it's kind of becoming a part of who I am. And and sell that for, for some ETH that is going to end up being used for something else anyway um so my plan going into vf2 was get as much uh book games as possible so i ended up getting about 75 book games um and then i had to burn 15 for the three new characters so i have 
roughly 60 book games left, including a pony. I, I, I drew a pony, uh, which was lucky. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to not move that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then VF2. So for me, my plan of, with VF2 was uh, accumulate as much as possible uh, at a value that I see things that are undervalued. So I'm, I'm always up there checking for new listed characters, backgrounds, just seeing you know, impatient people who may have one or two only and just need the liquidity to pick those up. Um, that way, you know, you're buying low. And I really just wanted a lot of VF2s so that I have the ability to move if I needed to. Um, again, I was, I was too attached to VF1s to be able to make my life better in, in a financial way. Um, and I really believe in Gary's message of him being an operator and he's the jockey that you bet on. And so, uh, it's safer for me to put my money into the things that he is involved in than for me to go out there and find something that I find somewhere and read somewhere and have yep. conviction that this person is going to be a better operator than, than Gary. I don't think so. So. I'm just accu accumulating all the VF2s to see uh, potentials of it being getting higher in value. Uh, some of the ones that I'm not really attached to that I've bought at a very low value, I may liquidate and try to get um, better VF1s perhaps. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of accumulating at the moment and selling some when if the opportunity yeah. arises, but also... I mean holding on to a lot of the IPs that I really like. And looking at your profile and you have, you know, Gratitude Gorilla, the Resilient Red Devil, you have the Common Sense Cow, which are all top, top, top. You have Evolving Poses, the Perspective Pigeon, which that was a steal at .95. <laughs> uh, you have this huge, you have Spectaculars, you have this huge, huge, huge collection. It's, it's super awesome. I appreciate it. Um, what is it? A uh, couple of the, um, like the perspective pigeon, I feel like uh, people don't really specifically like pigeons per se, so they might not want to keep it. But I think what people are missing out is the word perspective. Like that's such a huge word in, in the Gary V land that I think it's just way undervalued when people post it for, for under one ETH, you know, so. Yeah, you got to steal. I was because I was in the market to get a V friend too. I I just sold my V friend too, and then I liquidated my ETH right before it dropped, so I could have got bought oh, one ETH. So I was in the market. Oh, I I mean I lost out a little bit because if I had liquidated it like a day earlier, I would be sitting on you know one point five. But um, I I was talking to Adam Rips about um which which ones I was mm -hmm. very close to getting a the um, alert ape in the rose garden Ooh. i was very close to getting that for one eth and like if i just because i i inquired about it previously and then i reached out again hey would you do it for one eth because another one previously sold um that was almost exactly similar and he said maybe let me think on it i think there was a good chance i would have gotten it but then someone else came in and, and bought it at 1.6 um, but he's ah. mentioned that perspective pigeon was another one that that he would have really gone for um mm -hmm. was Though, if you got that good price, that perspective pigeon was a top, top, top character. So you got to. I don't know if there's it. um, yeah, I don't know if there's one still available, but there's one available for one point four five as of last night for, uh, alert. Uh, Let me check it out. Alert, ape, and motivated monster yeah. are 
are, the, are my two favorite ones. Um, mm. let's see, yep, about 1.49 for the alert ape. So I, mm. I'm going to be hovering over that. Last question to you, Tech. True. If you could go back and everything that you've learned so far in your life and tell your 15-year-old self, I'm 15, Kamea's mm -hmm. uh, a little younger than me, if you could tell your teenage self one thing, what would it be? Wow. Um, what would that be? I think just to really listen to your inner voice. Um, I really loved sports growing up. When I was 15, soccer was like the main thing for me. I was living and breathing soccer. Um, but there are so many other aspects of life that throws at you and distracts you from from the things that you really care about because there's so many voices uh, like there, there's like at least two voices in your head there's one that says yes you can and there's another one that says no you can't and then add all the other people's uh opinions your moms your dads all your friends girls or whatever just like gets you distracted from the things that really matter to you in your own head so what I would say is the one thing that you're really passionate about that you have maybe some doubts or fears or yeah, or anything like that, just forget all the all the background noise and really hone in wow. on the thing that really you care about and just double down, triple down all in on it. Because, you know, life can go so quick. Like I said, 10, 12 years later, I'm I'm 34. And I've learned all these things, but imagine if I was able to put that thoughts into investing, say 12, 13 years ago, where would I be? Yeah. Or really invested in myself in, in practicing soccer every day and getting a private coach or really going out and doing all soccer related things rather than, you know, other things that people tell you to do. So it, it, it's again going back to Gary's uh, messages of really forgetting every everybody else's uh voice and just really go for it don't have doubts even if you fail at the things that you're really passionate about double down on it and say i learned something and i really love what i love and keep going at it every day and don't ever give up on it is what i would say that's awesome cut out the noise and double down triple down and what you love yeah. doing. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Tech. Thank you. It was really amazing having you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much.